you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Guys, you saw him shake down, he flat. Keep the symbol splashy, and uh, Jay, let's take the baseline for a walk. Here's Royce on a dribble drive, pass out Donovan, catch and shoot, pops it up and hits. Wow, just beat the clock. That's a big bucket. Mitchell in the paint, double pump, swings it up, and rattles it home. We got it now. It's all right. Donovan stops on a dime. Oh, what a spin. Puts up the J. Good. Little ham and eggs coming at you. Hold on, people. I think I get riddles. Donovan to save. Nicely done. The touch pass. Conley to Bogey. Skip it over to Royce. Inside. Oh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, uh. Bogey getting some work. Oh, my. That's baby making music. That's what that is. Down bogey. Here's Royce behind the back. Kick out. Oh my. Conley just got it away. Welcome to the fade route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and I am watching the snow fall again as it comes down outside my window, wondering when this will end. I know the South and a lot of the United States has been bombarded by ridiculous amounts of snow and cold weather, and we hope that everybody is safe. And that everyone has power, everyone has water and heat and everything that you need to survive in moments like this. But most importantly, it's important to think warm thoughts. Warm thoughts will keep you warm mentally and they'll keep you warm physically. And that makes me think of my favorite warm thought, spring training. Pitchers and catchers reported today. I know PFP is going on. The most exciting, the most riveting drill that you have. Uh, There's bunt defense going on between pitchers and catchers. Pitchers are even, especially National League pitchers, they're practicing bunting because the universal DH is out. So it's back to tradition. And if you guys follow us, you know that we like tradition. But there are two little nuggets of breaking news that I just learned of before we came on the air, and we're going to hash it out a little bit. One is a little bit bittersweet. Tim Tebow has officially announced his retirement from Major League Baseball. 
having you know having uh, never made it to the show uh, not having any major league at bats but getting to live out his dream of trying to be a professional baseball player so congratulations Tim I say I would feel bad for you but you do have that cushy college football job so you get to be your analyst self all the time so you know via con Dios and we'll see you down the line Another little nugget of breaking news is this monster contract extension that Fernando Tatis Jr. just got from the San Diego Padres. 14 years, $340 million. So that's Mike Trout money. That's Mookie Betts money. Now it's Fernando Tatis Jr. money. The kid looks like he's the real deal. Definitely one of the more energetic players in baseball. Definitely one of the guys that you root for. I mean, he's very young. So who knows how this ultimately turns out in the long run. But you got to like what the San Diego Padres are doing. They're going for it. They're going for your jugular. And they're locking up their guys for the long haul to make sure this isn't just a flash in the pan. That they can build a core that San Diego can have for the long term. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through through, the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Hey, uh, definitely wish I was getting that kind of contract at 22 years old. Uh, 22 years old, I think I was working at a country club, waiting on tables and sweating my balls off in the kitchen. Yeah. Man. 22 years old, I was in retail. So I'm in retail sometimes. Depends on the day. So, but, good for you, kid. Good for you. I don't know. This this looks like Alex Rodriguez all over again. I, I, I think he's a really good player. I just maybe think it was a little too early. Uh, but they're, you, like you said, they're trying to go for it now. They're locking this guy up. He's their future. Um, they definitely have a chance to make a splash this year. So we'll see what happens. And as far as the Tim Tebow is concerned, I mean, I just I really feel like the Jets really destroyed his football career. I really thought he had a chance. Like, uh, and then he kind of went to baseball. And I, I think we all knew from Jump Street he wasn't going to make the pros, not at least on a contender. Well, Maybe just to sell some this. tickets. Yeah, my thing was this. It was always weird to me that Tim Tebow never tried pitching. You would think with an arm like that, that he would at least try pitching. Or they would try and convince him that pitching was the way to go. But, I mean, I guess accuracy was a problem when he was a quarterback. So, probably going to continue on the mound. I, I don't know. I never got into the thought process. But that always seemed like a logical move. Like, also, same thing. Like, Tim Tebow's tight end. Dude built, like, a brick shit house. It would make sense if he had any hands to move him out to tight end. I think uh, Belichick tried that in training camp, right? Yeah, I think the report was is he wanted to play quarterback, and I think they they all the, I think the Patriots wanted to move him to tight end, and they wanted to move him to fullback, and he kind of was like, I really want to play quarterback. Uh, so, and then you know it just it just didn't he couldn't play for the Patriots basically. Um, what more do you need to know? You just you just they just kind of wish that he would have been able to latch on somewhere as a football player. I mean, he was a decent baseball player and you would think you would think that the Mets would have just called him up to sell tickets, especially in the years when they weren't making the playoffs. Like 
why not just bring him up for a couple of days? What what's the harm? What are you what are you really worried about? It's a good it's a good story, if anything. Uh you know, I still go back to when he was in Denver and you know, he beat the he beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in that playoff game. He went to Foxborough and he got rocked, but you know, Josh McDaniels believed in him, believed him mm-hmm. enough to bring him to 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 New England to at least let Bill Belichick see him. When you look around the league, you're telling me that he he couldn't he couldn't play for the Cardinals when Josh Rosen was there. You know, you look at the Miami Dolphins and Fitzpatrick. You're telling me he couldn't play there. It just it just things like that made it really hard to believe. And I remember at one time, um, <laughs> the player escapes me right now, but I remember Buffalo had a guy that they threw out there, and he threw like six interceptions in like a half. It's just like he couldn't play for that guy. Like well, that's, the, that's the greatest quarterback in NFL history, man. That's the Peter man. That's Nate yeah, Peterman. Right, right. You know, so he's currently third string on the Raiders. Right, and J- Nate Peterman got another job. So it just another example is in Denver they had to go with Hinton, their practice squad wide receiver. Not saying you should have tied. Not saying you should have started Tim Tebow in that situation. But if you're gonna let a guy like that play quarterback, how could Tim Tebow not play quarterback? I don't know. It well, was my really... thing is this: I, I definitely have. I mean, as the NFL has evolved too, with the RPO and the evolution of the running quarterback, Tim Tebow totally fits in the league now. He didn't necessarily fit back then when you had more emphasis on pocket passing. Now you're trying to de-emphasize that that position or that style of QB. So I can see where Tim Tebow is a little bit ahead of his curve. But um, it's funny that you mentioned Alex Rodriguez before, because this is actually, I believe, the 17-year anniversary of the Yankees' acquisition of Alex Rodriguez. Are they still so paying him? Uh, they might be. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, you're still uh, paying him. It's a Bobby Bonilla situation, you know? You get a little under the table every year until the day he dies. So, you know, ultimately, the Yankees did get a World Series out of it. They got a shit ton of headaches out of it. A-Rod got a lot of money. So uh, I guess you would call that a win-win. And as far as the Padres go, the, the, the most similar situation I would say in this scenario would be like when the Tampa Bay Rays locked up Price and they locked up, I think they tried, they signed Delman Young and they signed, they definitely locked up Evan Longoria for a long term to buy out some of those arbitration years. And ultimately, you know, the Rays didn't, I mean, they got to one World Series and they're finding relevance now. So who knows where this goes, but you gotta, you know, it's a shrewd move by AJ Preller locking him up now before the, the number becomes so astronomical. If he continues on this track, he could be a, like a $500 million guy, the way salaries are going. So, you know, I, that's the most comparable situation. And, you know, ultimately the, the Rays got nothing out of it, but we'll see where the Padres go. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. And speaking of where things go, the Los Angeles Lakers currently sit first place in the Pacific Division. They're a 22-7, so it's not a shabby start for them. However, they have just lost Anthony Davis for a minimum of two to three weeks as he has come down with a calf injury. At first, they thought it might have been a ruptured Achilles. I mean, that's 
that's a season ender and usually a season and a half, depending on who you are. But you're losing right now. He's second on the team in points per game. He's number one in rebounds per game. He's number one in steals per game. And he's number one in blocks per game. So realistically, how far can this Lakers team go without Anthony Davis, a healthy Anthony Davis? Well, we you saw think their championship material. I mean, well, we saw what was it two years ago? LeBron couldn't make the playoffs with the Lakers without AD. AD comes in and they manage to get to the championship and they win. Uh, I don't. I don't really think they can go that far, especially when you have teams like uh, the Nuggets, the Suns, Portland. I don't think anybody could afford to lose their number two guy right now. And like you're saying, he's averaging 22 and eight. Like who's going to make up for that? You know, Harrell's not going to wake up for that. Marcus Saul's not going to make up for that. He's also shooting 50% from the field, which is, and he's quite the defender. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh, the Lakers should go get Blake Griffin. That is a waste of time. Uh, I think without AD, this team cannot win the championship. And I'm not doubting LeBron's ability. It's just that even in Cleveland, he had Kyrie. Uh, in Miami, he had Bosh and Wade. He needs help. As great as he is, he still needs help. Most of those categories that I, I rattled off, LeBron is second in. So whatever AD was first in, LeBron is second in. So the, the team is definitely lagging behind. Um, Marcus Saul is a solid defensive player. I mean, that's what he's most known for. He can provide a little offensive spark. So in the short term, it's not going to be as bad if Marcus Saul is playing. But what you fear, especially with a calf injury, is if AD comes back, overcompensates for that, and now he messes up his knee. Or he blows out his Achilles like everybody was fe was fearing. So this is one of those injuries that you definitely need to baby. And like you said, there are a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. I mean, you didn't even mention the Utah Jazz. And we're going to get to them shortly. But the Nuggets, the Blazers, the resurgent Suns, like, these guys, they may not overtake them just because LeBron James has a superior will to everybody known to man. <laughs> but I think, I mean, they're definitely going to make the playoffs with a healthy AD or even a 75% AD. They, they at least make the conference finals without him. They're probably out in the second round. Yeah. I mean, you, you, Realistically, you I would say that's fair. Right. And you mentioned, you mentioned some teams that I didn't mention, but there's also the, the LA Clippers are right there and it's, you, we're not saying they're not, they're going to make the playoffs, but oh, totally. you gotta be able to compete in a seven game series against some of these teams. Uh, let's not forget, I believe they dropped their first game to Portland in the playoffs last year. And then they came back and beat Portland like four straight. That's great. But you can't afford to lose those games if AD is hurt or not a hundred percent. No, of course not. And you know, you need to, if you're the GM and you're evaluating the situation and you're hearing two to three weeks, that's two to three weeks from when he'll be able to actually start resuming basketball activity. If you think about that. So it's really not two to three weeks because you still need to get back into basketball shape. 
So you're probably looking closer to like four to six weeks. And even then, you need to baby this injury. So you may have to go make a depth move. Now, I mean, you're looking at Griffin and Andre Drummond and, you know, some other, you know, I'm sure there'll be some big guys that are going to be available, but you don't necessarily need like a big time player, big name player. You can go get somebody like when they got JaVale McGee, like JaVale McGee did a good, did a great job for them. Like you just need a guy who comes in. This is your role. Anthony Davis is coming back. We just need you to fill the gap. I'm not sure. You, know, you don't either. need to. I get what you're saying, but I'm not sure you're going to find someone that's going to give you 22 and eight. And that's what they need. They need 22 and eight. You need, you need 22 and eight, 20 and 10. You need some kind of combination like that. Because when well, you also need some other guys on this team to step up. It doesn't have to necessarily be a two-horse race. No, but it's like I said, you need that second guy in command. You need you need he needs a running partner, and none of these guys are gonna be able to live up to that. Like I mean, I love Dennis Schroeder. I think he was a great pickup this year, and Harrell has been such an impact player for them, but. If they're on the floor with LeBron, it's not the same as AD being on the floor with LeBron. And let's not forget the defensive presence he leaves there. He's got long arms. He's he's tall. He's quick. He protects the basket. You know, these are things that you just you just JaVale McGee is not going to be able to give you. No, that's true. But that's also kind of a flaw in the roster setup too, where you have to rely on two guys. So. If you look at some other teams around the league, the depth is, I mean, the depth is impressive. It's more spread out and definitely takes the pressure off of your best players. And one of the best examples of that is actually the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, who are the number one team in all of basketball. Yeah. They're number one in the Northwest Division at 23 and five. So they're not, I mean, the Lakers aren't that far off, but if you look at, the Utah Jazz, as it's presently constructed, you have guys five or six deep in terms of points. And, you know, you have Joe Ingles coming off the bench. He's at 11.7. He's at 11 points. Joe Ingles, baby. Love it. So Rudy Gobert isn't even, like, the number two to Donovan Mitchell right now. Statistically, it's Jordan Clarkson. Like, who? What? Why? That's wild. How? That's wild. But it's Jordan Clarkson is the second best player in the Utah Jazz right now. He's outplaying Conley. He's outplaying Gobert. He's outplaying Bogdanovich. He's outscoring them. But if you're looking at Conley, like, this is the Mike Conley they thought they were getting. And he's finally stepping up. And he is give, delivering the assists and the steals like a true point card does. And Gobert is taking care of his business in the middle as Rudy Gobert does. Hopefully he doesn't lick any microphones again. Yeah. That's the only – what a schmuck. But that's neither here nor there. Right? How good are the Utah Jazz in reality? Yeah, I think you mentioned all those guys. I actually forgot they had some of those players. But like you said, record 23-5. and five. Uh, They're they've won, They're on an eight-game win streak. They've won nine of their last ten. Uh, they were, they kind of remind me of – the Bucks from last year, right? They have that kind of feel about them. It's like, yeah, we have a bunch of good players and we're all playing really well together, but I just wonder what's going to happen when in the first round they got to play a team like the Nuggets, when you've got to play 
uh, Jokic and Murray. Are you ready for that? Are you? Is you know that's the whole thing. I mean, Jokic is averaging twenty-seven and eleven with eight assists per game. He's shooting forty percent from three. Who's gonna do? Who's that's? How are the Nuggets fifteen and twelve? I want to know how the Nuggets are fifteen and twelve. Um, I just think a team like that will be. It will be tough for them to beat them in a seven-game series. And let's not forget this year. Uh, I believe the 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 NBA has moved into a seven through ten will play in a play-in tournament to figure out who gets mm-hmm. that those last two spots. So, you know, they could wind up facing a team like the Warriors in the first round or face a team like um, Dallas or Memphis. So, you know, I think they're a really good team. They're solid. They're going to be a stunner in the regular season. I think they carry their – barring any injury, I think they carry this record and they finish first in the West. But – I worry about them come playoff time, especially if they're in a bubble-like format. Well, the one thing that does trouble me is that they are in the top four in three-point shooting. They're a little bit under 40%. So on a, if you go cold at any point and you're relying on that, you're done. Yeah. Like if you remember the Houston Rockets a few years ago, when, when you go cold from behind three – it's game over. The one thing that they do have going for them is they are also top five in defensive efficiency. I believe they're number three, actually, behind the Lakers, and at number one, the New York Knicks. <laughs> so, in terms of in terms of points allowed, they are, I think they have the third fewest points allowed in all of the NBA. So, defense travels. So that's one thing that gives me hope. But the three point shooting definitely gives me pause with them. So, if they I mean, you mentioned the teams. You definitely can run into a buzzsaw, and anybody can be knocked off in the NBA playoffs. That's really the only that that's the real true wow. scenario where teams can be knocked off. So, but hat, definitely, but hats, get, yeah, but hats off to Quinn Snyder. I mean, he's got them playing. You know, he's got them playing really well. Uh, you know, he came from he was an assistant with the Hawks, and he's been all yeah. over the world as a coach. And he's been there for the last seven years. I mean, this this year could be an outlier, but mm, they are going to have a tough time, I think, once the playoffs roll around. Well, the, the Jazz have been coming for a while. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have been there forever. So, I mean, in the last few years, it's become a little bit more dire that they win. But kudos to, to Quinn Snyder. He built a good culture, and he earned himself – the nod as the Western Conference all-star coach. So good for you, Coach Snyder. But, um, you know, as it was with the Denver Nuggets, you know, young teams, you don't necessarily know how well they're going to do in the playoffs. But this is also a battle-tested group. So they'll, I mean, I definitely, am I going to say, am I saying they're going to go to the NBA Finals? Absolutely not. Could they? Sure. But they're definitely in the playoffs. They're in the mix. They're in the conversation. And at this point in time, if you're the Utah Jazz, that's really all you can ask for. Your people are talking about you. You're not in NBA Siberia. No. That's definitely. But, yeah. but I think also, you know, a few of the guys uh, this week, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, are being held out uh, of games, you know, due to trade rumors. 
I don't think the Utah Jazz will be reaching out for any of those any of their services. But which guy do you think has more value on the street right now? Is it Andre Drummond or is it Blake Griffin? Let's first dispel the rumor that you're getting the Blake Griffin that jumped over the Kia and won the dunk contest. <laughs> you're not getting that guy. He has not dunked in like three years. He's got years. a better chance of working for Kia than actually playing for a team or jumping over a Kia these days. Totally. No, I mean, he's a five-time All-NBA player. He's a six-time All-Star. I get that. He's averaging 12 and five, 12 and four, <laughs> not even 12 and five, 12 and four. The Lakers are going to bring him in to replace Anthony Davis? Okay, you still got to make up eight points. Like, no, it's just not. I Blake Griffin is a good player. Was he everything that he was supposed to be or billed to be? No. So that's why, for me, Andre Drummond has a little bit more value. Ironically, I mean, they were both in Detroit together. So That worked out well. You know, I, With Greg I mean, Monroe, yeah, right? I could Greg see Monroe Drummond, was there, too. With Greg Monroe, yes. Oh, my that God. Team, that Monroe. team should have won more games. I don't know why they didn't win more. They were so stout with those three, with those guys. They were – I mean, I don't think people realize – And Reggie Jackson was their I people realize the length that Drummond and Monroe covered. Like, people did not get rebounds in those games. They, they literally got every single rebound. No. Meanwhile, you're looking at – I mean, you look at Drummond's numbers. He's averaging about 18 points this year. Uh, 2.6 assists, you know, you know, not great. I mean, he's a big man. He's not, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily need to be going for assists if you're Andre Drummond. So he has a little bit more in the tank left. He's also, you know, he'll fit the bill more for the Lakers than Blake Griffin will. But I think Blake Griffin will definitely get some play, especially if it's a buyout situation. I don't know if they're necessarily – going to get anybody to take that contract and give up something of value for him especially when you're looking at 12 and yeah i can't I, yeah i can't see but, anybody giving up value for him i think drummond has uh more value he's averaging 17 and 13 i mean career career blake griffin was 21 and 8 i mean he's so far down from his career numbers it's like what happened to you? Like you were supposed to go in Detroit and to Detroit and be the man. Like you mentioned before, he hasn't dunked in like a couple of years. How's that possible? How did you not get like on a fast break by accident or someone or your, or your <laughs> defender fall in front of you or no one's, no one's thought about throwing you a lob. Like really? Come on. Like, wh- right. The, the, the guy who started lob. Yeah. City. Like he's the OG yeah. lob and city guy. So, and I've seen him play, uh, not you know, obviously he's not playing right now. But recently, I saw him play, and he just he just doesn't look like he cares much. I mean, he's doing spin moves and layups, like you know, just kind of little float, little running floaters. But I remember for a little while he had some, he had a little bit of a fadeaway, and he was grabbing rebounds a little bit like Zion does now. But there's no fire in him. It's like. What happened to the Blake Griffin that was on the LA Clippers? Like they disbanded the Clippers and you forgot how to play basketball. Like at least Jordan's over in with the Nets right now. He's making a run. And then you have Chris Paul playing MVP type basketball for the Suns. And Blake Griffin, you're like a firmer former first round pick. You were he was a really good player for Oklahoma. Like what what happened to you? Um 
and like you said, rumors are that the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers would bother wasting their time with him. Like he would just not even fit in that locker room. Like he he needs someone that's LeBron needs someone that's going to run and play and hustle. And this guy is, I think, two steps away from either working at a Seven Eleven or working for Kia. <laughs> well, the one thing that. I mean, he definitely he had that big contract in the Clippers, and they moved on to they moved on from him. What I think a year into that deal, so they definitely saw the writing on the wall. But how do you, if you're the Clippers, how do you not see it sooner and have buyer's remorse that quickly? But in terms of who gets moved first, it's definitely going to be Griffin because he's going to get bought out. Like, Andre Drummond, they're going to wait on him as long as possible but because he has that value and teams will trade for him. And we should address what Draymond Green said in, in regards to this, specifically Andre Drummond about the double standard between of players, the James, specifically the James Harden situation. He brought, he brought up James Harden, how he announced, publicly announced he wanted to be traded, and how Anthony Davis also got fined for publicly announcing he wanted to be traded. And he was they were vilified in the press and they were vilified by the fans. Whereas the teams can move on from you, announce publicly that they want to get rid of you, and you know, that's okay. And there there is no equity between player and owner. Owners are management, players are not. So that's the one thing that I think Draymond Green seems to forget sometimes that although Adam Silver empowers the players and coddles them and babies them and gives them everything they want, they are not the owners of the team. So the owners have the right to move a player if they feel it is in the best interest of, if it's of the best interest of the team and if it's in the best interest of the player, sure. Like, so there are instances where, like, once James Harden made it apparently clear that this relationship was untenable, it's time we get rid of you. It's it's time that we move on and part ways. So I kind of see where Draymond Green is coming from, but at the end of the day, owners are owners. But they got what they players. wanted. Like Anthony Davis wanted to go to the Lakers. He went to the Lakers. Uh, James Harden wanted to go to the Nets. He went to the Nets. So I, I would say what his argument's interesting, but I don't. I can I can say I don't understand it. Like you're playing for a team, they're paying you money to go out there and play. You're not their property. They don't own you, but you're an employee. Like right. the issue. I think the issue right. is is players are coming out and feeling like they're in so they're entitled. They're in so entitled to have a say in who we're going to bring in as a coach or have a say who we're going to bring in as a GM and have a say in who we're going to bring in as a player. And Adam Silver feeds into that because his approach with the players is, is like, this is a partnership. And because by him saying this is a partnership, it makes the players feel more empowered. When in reality, the players are millionaires. The owners are billionaires. Okay. They, they have more money than any of these guys put together. So when they're trying to do something in the best interest of the team, that's the best interest of their business, right? And it's not what right. the media says and how people run around with certain things. I mean, that's that's just the nature of sports. 
You know, we we're going to talk about Russell Wilson right now, who recently mentioned that he was unhappy with Seattle the last couple of years, especially with how much is he how much is he he's being hit. So one of the questions is, is like, what 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 is Seattle going to do here? Are they going to move on? I mean, that's really up to them. Right. If that's what they want to do. Russell Wilson shouldn't have really a say in that. No, absolutely not. Uh, Russell Wilson, my thing with Russell Wilson is this. Yes, you're being hit. Why are you being hit? Because the team is paying you so much money that they cannot afford to get you offensive help, improve the defense, and get you an offensive line. So at some point, like look at Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger cap hit this year is yeah. forty-one million dollars. They're going to be twenty-two million dollars over the cap. They're going to have to really make a deal, or he might not be coming back. <laughs> exactly. So maybe Russ should not have taken that much money, thinking long term. If winning was really as important as we like to think it is, because you are in a salary cap league. It's not something, it's not like baseball where you can take all the money. And even then, you have a luxury tax in baseball. So your team is going to get penalized for it. And your team is getting penalized now. And you physically are getting penalized for the fact that you Mr. want to get Wa- Mr. Wannabe MVP. So, That's his name. Wannabe MVP. You know, I was looking at his... Yeah. He, he's a chef. You yeah, know, he, Danger Russ. Cook, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, if there is value and if somebody calls them and puts a deal in front of them that they cannot resist, yeah, absolutely, they're going to move on from him. Like That's anybody. Anybody is movable in the right situation. And Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford have already proven that with those ridiculous contracts. Deshaun Watson, he's next. Carson Wentz, you're gone too. Where there's a will, there's a way. And they'll find a way to get right. rid of you. They're not going to cut you. They're not going to cut you. But that's the thing. You, you're, and you're not going to call your shot on this. You know when you have. You know when you can call your shot in professional sports when you're a right. free agent. That right. is when you call your shot. Not when you're. Under Here's the deal. Contract. It's like I was actually looking at his numbers. He had a really good year. Not an MVP type year, but he had the best. He had the best numbers of his career this last season with 40 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Um, I think Seattle should move him. And the first team that came to mind was the Carolina Panthers. And the reason being because they already have Christian McCaffrey. They have a running back. And and Russell Wilson benefits so much from having a really good running back, right? And their defense, all they did was draft defensive players last year. So you would imagine that all those guys are going to be a year into their role and they're going to be a year better. Matt Rule, I thought actually for a rookie coach, the decent job coaching that team last year. So you send send them a number one and a three for 32-year-old Russell Wilson, right? You're gonna bring you're gonna bring him down. Yep. You're gonna sign one of these free agent wide receivers, whether it's Godwin, Antonio Brown, which Russell Wilson works very well with. Uh, right. You Anderson. still have Robbie Anderson, and you've all of a sudden you've got quite the team. I'm not saying you're gonna win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but you have quite the team put together. And Seattle, 
Seattle can go and maybe flip one of your picks for Sam Darnold, right? Or they can mm-hmm. draft somebody or they can trade with Oakland and bring in Mariota just to get them by. I think it's a hell of a move. Now, if you're going to move him, now's the time to move him because everybody saw Brady go down to Tampa and they're like, oh, we could rent a quarterback for a year or two and win. Let's do it. And uh, this seems like a good idea. Uh, so, so I would. Yeah. If I'm, the, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I would rather do that trade than the one I heard on the rumor mill for yeah. Sean Watson. Yeah. Where no. it was multiple first round picks yeah. and Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> if I'm Christian McCaffrey, I'm like, mind? what are you talking about? No right way. Here? But another guy who's looking for a, well, uh, another guy who's looking for a job right now is JJ Watt. JJ Watt X for his release. Uh, so he's on the open market on Instagram and on Twitter. He's he's saying free agency is crazy. I'm wondering if he's saying that because he's trying to get other people interested in him. Because I don't think there's a big market for his contract or his type of player. Uh, so where do you think he ends up? And do you think there's a hot market for JJ Watt? With J.J. Watt, you are paying for the past. I don't personally see that he has that much left in the tank. I mean, at this point, he's an injury-prone player. For me, I would only offer him a one-year contract. Maybe a couple of incentives, maybe some options to where if he actually legitimately stays healthy and plays his ass off, yeah, we can. this can be lucrative. This can actually be a longer-term deal. But I'm not putting a five-year contract in front of J.J. Watt. Absolutely not. So, I mean, I know Dallas was courting him. His brothers in Pittsburgh are courting him. Um, the Dolphins are courting him. He's, he's enamored with the Browns, which you think about that. I think that where, team, where players are enamored with the Browns and they want to go to Cleveland. Like they now want to go. What what world are we living in? Right Cats now? and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. But him, a healthy JJ Watt, on one end of that line, and Miles Garrett on the other end of that line. That does sound very appealing. But I I don't see it. At the end of the day, I think. I don't know. I always I envision him with his brothers in Pittsburgh on like a one-year deal for not that much money, I really don't see that level yeah, of Pittsburgh, market Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we've talked – it's funny because I lobbied for this segment, and the more I talk about it, I'm like, who cares where J.J. Watt goes? But we talk we talk about this during the <laughs> week, and, you know, I was just – we you keep bringing up Pittsburgh. It's, the only thing with Pittsburgh is they're in cap trouble, right? They can't, they can't even afford the players they do have. And I just don't think they need him. I mean, they were a number one defense without him. So where are you trying to go? Like, <laughs> to, well, how how much better could you get? Uh, you know, there's a. Well, you may have the the thing is you're going to lose Juju. You you already lost Marquise Pouncey. Like Ben may not be long for this team. You may need to show you mean you may need to have a Baltimore Ravens 2000 level type defense. To but those are all offensive players. Like they're not losing defensive guys. Their defense is set, and they're and they're three four defense. And I don't I don't particularly see him as he's more of an end at this point. And you know Cleveland, I, yeah. yeah, I guess. But we saw him play with Jadavion Clowney in Houston. 
and it were they that were they really that good? I think I mean they were okay. They were, they were good. Mm. The, I think the problem with JJ Watt is is a lot of people now, if you notice, they talk about his work ethic and they talk about he's a nice guy before they talk about how good of a football player he is, right? And yes. so, yeah, what is your exactly? It's like I remember Watt. watching a handful of Houston games this year, and I remember Deshaun Watson making some crazy plays, even Brandon Cooks making some great plays. I really can't remember a lot of JJ plays where I was like, "Wow, JJ Watt really blew it up there." I think he has trouble with the double team and. He, he he's 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 in the backfield a lot, but that but a lot of times the play goes right by him. I, I think I think a fresh start can help yeah. him. Uh, but I agree with you in that I see him getting like a one year, maybe a two year deal, and that's going to come from a team like Oakland, a team like Miami. We just mentioned Seattle. Seattle could really probably use him, but to think that you know a lot yeah. of people are saying he go to the Packers, it's like I I guess, but. I, I just I really feel like you said he's one or two he's one or two injuries away from retiring. He he's thirty one, thirty two years old. And, I think his yeah. best years are behind him. Totally. And this is not a knock on JJ Watt. This is not meant to be a slight on JJ Watt. He's a very good player. And he's a great humanitarian. We know what he did for Hurricane Harvey relief. And he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. But as far as a football player in football memories. <laughs> that's my yeah. football and, memory. Yeah, and he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll go Sorry. down in Houston history. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I just, um, I can't see a team making a long-term agreement for him. Uh, and similarly, you know, this week we saw Urban Meyer try to make a commitment to Chris Doyle, who was the former strength and conditioning coach for Iowa. And he was met with a lot of backlash, so much backlash on this that Chris Doyle resigned before even really accepting the position. Uh, so. Was this an early indicator on how Urban Meyer's football career is going to go? Or was just this an outlier and he needed to be reminded that this is not college, this is professional football? Urban Meyer is a smart guy. He always <laughs> knows when the posse's coming. You know, like, it's a, it's a Western movie. He's, he, always know, he always knows when the guys are coming with the mob, with the pitchforks and the you know, and the fire, and he always knows how to when to get out of town. This was not a great – it was an error in judgment, a huge error in judgment to think that you have the credibility to kind of smooth this over with NFL team. I mean, if it was college, like maybe. And we saw that with Zach Taylor. I believe it was Zach – no, Zach Smith. Excuse me. Uh the offensive yes. assistant that went with him to, yeah, he tried to kind of smooth that under the table, but the, yeah, the dude was convicted history. of domestic violence. Like, you know, it's just like, you, you just, he attracts bad guys. You know, it just seems to be that kind of thing. And more often, more, more than ever, integrity matters character matters 
I mean, we've seen it in baseball. Like, this is a reckoning right. that's happening throughout sports. You cannot be a piece of shit right. and keep your job. Uh, so for Urban Meyer to think he can do that, hopefully this is a moment of humility for him. If not, this is going to be a very short run, and you're going to have to start grabbing your chest again. So I ha- initially I had two takes on this. Um, my first was, is you know, Urban's been around football for a long time. He knows a lot of coaches, a lot of players, a lot of ADs, a lot of general managers, a lot of businessmen, etc. You didn't run this by any of them. You didn't take the temperature on this hire at all. And then during any of the meetings with in Jacksonville with the GM or with the owner, you're telling me you never mentioned that you might hire this guy and they didn't say, well, I don't think that's a good idea or they were going along with it. So that was my initial thought. Right. And then I yeah. Well, what but to your opinion before you continue, what is worse that he tried to get it past them or he tried to I you know uh, what's worse? It would be worse for me if he was just trying to get it by them. I'm going to assume this was a trust mm. me on this because he he could say that, right? Because of the history he has in winning and the way he knows players and the way he knows football. So trust me, it gets you far, right? And I got to assume that's what it was. Now, my yeah. second thought was is I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not defending the hire. But what I can say is, is Chris Doyle said some terrible things and treated players pretty awfully to the point where he was fired from his job. But everybody deserves a second chance. And maybe Urban Meyer was trying to give this man his second chance because nobody else would. If that's the, if that's the case, that is true. I still am. I'm still not okay with it, but that makes a little bit more sense than a trust me on this. Right. Because you're Urban Meyer. You just got the job yeah. with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Professional Football League. You do respect Doyle, the coach. You may not agree with what he did and how he treated people, but you're like, okay, I have a chance to give this man a second shot. I'm not trying to compare what he did to Antonio Brown, but you look at a guy like Tom Brady and says, nobody's going to hire Antonio Brown. I go to my coach and say, bring him in. We can win a Super Bowl with this guy. I, I vouch for him. They bring him on. I got to be honest with you. I didn't hear anybody talk about his past this whole time during Super Bowl week, during the last six weeks of the season. Nobody talked about Antonio Brown. Nobody talked about his past. So that's the only thing I can think. And granted, I think Doyle still needs to pay a price. And I don't know if he's done that already. Antonio Brown paid his price. Like he was, he was cut from the Raiders. They took his money away. He was, he's, he has to go to court. He has to go to trial. Like he's paying the price for the things he did. Now, did, did Doyle? I don't know. And that's the only area where I'd be like, okay, he needs to pay the price first before he gets a second chance. If he gets a second chance, that's, no, totally. This is definitely a situation where you could say it was, I don't want to say failing up, but you def- you 
I mean, it this does kind of yeah. constitute a problem. Yeah, yeah, it is. To the NFL. I'm sure so, it's a large pay increase, too. No, totally. And, it, it, you know, I, I understand that he has, you know, he needs to pay his Be sorry. And he be sorry. To and, and, be, that, and, but... and be held accountable no, totally. for Absolutely. what you did. Yeah. Like, what you did was not okay. So if you came out, if you, right, if you no, came out and, and acknowledged this and and apologized and said you were wrong, and even if Urban Meyer said, listen, I know his past, I'm vouching for this man as a football coach, and even he, he I think he said in the, in the press conference that he vetted this, but he didn't. He lied. He said he vetted it with players. He's vetted no, with coaches. Players, no. I, don't, I don't know what he's talking about. And the other thing is, is when you're, if you're, um, if you talk like that to a player, if Chris, if Chris Doyle talks like that to a player and belittles a player, there are little repercussions from a from a, a college uh, athlete. You talk like that to the wrong man in the NFL, you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're right. gonna knock the so, fuck out. He's a grown ass so. man. No, a hundred percent. But you know, there. I'm. The my thing is this: the idea of cancel culture, and the only way we can determine if he has or has not learned his lesson is if he's given right. another opportunity to prove he has learned his lesson. So change behavior is definitely right. you, you need to be able to exactly. demonstrate that you have changed. So right. that's my one thing against cancel culture, and I think that eventually, right. granted. Now's not the time. This is not it. Like there's not time yet. and place, yeah, and now. this is not the time nor the place. But he, you need to, the, like what we were yeah. saying, Mickey Calloway. If he has to go back to like single A and prove <laughs> that he is not a degenerate, this right. guy needs to prove he's not a right. racist piece of shit. But he needs to be afforded. Right. He eventually needs to be afforded that opportunity to do so. Bullshit or no shit. We're going to debunk this week's most controversial sports topics right now. You know the drill, boys and girls. We have a statement, and it's either bullshit or it's no shit. Bullshit or no shit, number one. The New York Jets should trade. Well, I think we all agree that they're going to fuck this up regardless of what they do with it, but... My 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 initial response is bullshit. <laughs> I think they should take the wide receiver from Alabama. Give Darnold someone to throw to. They have plenty of picks to retool other areas of need in the draft, but you have a chance to get a top five guy at his position pretty early, and I think that's the right route to go. Oh, I'm really? gonna go no shit on this one, and well, it's 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 no shit with a caveat. It depends on the it depends on what offer you get. I'm not trading it just for the sake of trading it. I need to be I need to get a substantial amount back for this pick, and I at least want the deal that the Broncos. <laughs> And the Bears did <laughs> when they got Trubisky. Like, I no, you mean that. you mean you and mean the forty? I'm calling. You mean the 49ers, right? The 49ers and the Bears, right? 
Or the 49ers. Yeah, it's the 49ers. Right. 49ers. I forgot John Lynch on the brain. <laughs> but, yeah. But that's, that's the thing. I'm calling the fucking Bears because they're stupid enough. They did it once before. So, you do need assets. Like, if you don't get a great deal, if you don't get something that blows you away, by all means, take, you know, take Devontae Smith or take Waddle or take whoever is best available in your opinion. But if I get a deal that can set me up with future picks and will make my organization solid and whole, I'm at least considering it. And if it's the Bears, I'm absolutely taking it because I know I got there's one team that will fuck this up worse <laughs> than the Jets, and that's the Bears. How he has a job, I don't know. I'm, I'm flabbergasted that gives Brian Pace still has a job. Gives hope, but you gives know, hope for Knight everybody. Too. And, and Mitch Trubisky. Really. It's like, I mean, save these, save these recordings, guys, and we will sit for interviews. Like, just, just, uh, you know, just give us a call. Bullshitter or no shit number two. The Dodgers will regret. To me, this was an easy bullshit because, I mean, not if you're looking at the numbers. I mean, the guy has a 1.5 war. He can play the hot corner. He rarely strikes out. He hits bombs. Uh, He can contribute to defending their title. He's batted over 275 for the last eight seasons. How did your Mets let this guy go? So, no, I think it's bullshit. The Dodgers will not regret signing Turner. You want me to explain? Uh, you want me to explain how Sandy Alderson let this guy go first? Uh, I'll do that one first before I give my answer. Sandy Alderson does not like people who have personality, because Sandy Alderson himself does not have personality. You know, he's a Marine. I get it. Just very straight laced. And Justin Turner was young. He was brash. He was a good player. He, he was a good role player who never got the opportunity to show what he can do on a regular basis. You know, the Mets kind of lucked into Daniel Murphy in that regard, that Murph hit his way into the lineup and he could not be denied. Justin Turner, arguably Justin Turner is a better player than Daniel Murphy because he has a full game. Murphy's a great hitter. (laughs) Do not give him a glove. Justin Turner can actually play the field. He can actually play very well. So... This is easily a bullshit. Like Justin Turner is beloved in that locker room, and his performance has not indicated that he's slowing down. Maybe next year, I mean, it's a two-year, $34 million contract. Maybe next year, he'll start to dip a little bit. And they have Gavin Lux. They'll have guys that, you know, you'll be able to, you know, if he's slowing down, maybe, like, Maybe you'll think about getting rid of him or reducing his role. Who knows? Next year, you may have universal DH. So, boom, you can just shift him into the DH role. I mean, who knows what happens in year two of this deal. But in the immediate moment of year one of this deal, it's absolute bullshit. Justin Turner is going to have a rock-solid year in the middle of that order with those guys protecting him. But no... No doubt about it in my mind. More or less? 
Another statement game, boys and girls. We give a statement, and it's either more or less likely it's going to happen. More or less likely that Blake Griffin will have a better next chapter. I think it's kind of yeah. Go ahead, Matthew Stafford. I'm going. I'm going to go more likely on this one. Believe it or not, Matthew Stafford (laughs) is 32, going on 62 in his body, and it shocked me. It shocked me that they're only a year apart in age. I sent that to you, and I think you were floored too. But I don't know. I don't see Matthew Stafford having a very long run with the Rams. Blake Griffin, if he is healthy and if he can provide 12 and 5, that's solid bench numbers for a contending team. And he could definitely continue his career on for years to come if he sticks with a twelve and if he sticks with that twelve and five, or even gets better in more truncated minutes. Yeah, so I think I'm it's kind of like a trick question, right? Because one. he could kind of hit the lottery and land with like the Lakers, or he could land like with the Miami, uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, but I'm gonna say le- I'm gonna say less likely, uh, only because Matthew Stafford's going to L.A. That's a playoff contender. Like we know this already. Blake Griffin, like I said earlier, could find himself working at 7-Eleven or a Kia dealership in the coming in the coming weeks because, like you said, they're going to buy him out. And he's going to wind up, you know, hitting the free agent. He's going to wind up going to waiver wire. Um, I just doubt. I just don't know a team that needs what he could provide or wants what he could provide unless he's going to turn into this completely different player. I don't see how. Any teams like you know what we're missing? We're missing Blake Griffin. Let's get him in here. Let's try. <laughs> like I just don't see that happening. There it is. That's the case cracker. That's the X factor right there. Blake Griffin. Wait, wait, wait. From a year, from a couple of years ago? No, no. Unless no, you're no, like, like uh, right Sean McVay or day. Les Snead, you're not right. sitting around a table talking about Blake Griffin. <laughs> oh man, they are in such salary cap hell though. The, the Rams, like, that's the, that's the one thing, man. That's the one thing that definitely gives me pause. Blake Griffin can call his shot. Matthew Stafford already called his shot. And are we going to see the Rams slowly stripping away pieces from this team because they can't afford to keep them? That's definitely the – that's the next level question that, you know, we'll see what happens. But in the short term, I'd rather be Matthew Stafford than Blake Griffin. But long term, I think I'd rather be Blake Griffin than Matthew Stafford. Last one, more or less likely, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will lead the league in home runs this season. I'm going to go, well, it's kind of deceptive, right? Again, another one, a trick question. (laughs) Leading the league, the major league or the American league? I can definitely see him leading the American league in home runs. Absolutely. Vladimir Guerrero has ridiculous power. For sure. And he dropped, you know, he, he dropped a half a person from what I understand. Dropped an eight-year-old. So good for you, Vlad. You <laughs> stay on that diet. But, <laughs> so yeah, it's good for you, dude. It's not, you're taking your nutrition seriously. You're taking your career seriously. That's a good step wow, in the right really? direction. I, I believe one. they're moving him to first base this year. So, because yeah, they signed Marcus Simeon in uh, free agency. So, they, yeah. So you have him, you have Bichette, you have Kavanaugh, Field in Toronto. So the position change, 
Yeah. I, I think he has the raw power to do it. It definitely gives me a little bit of pause because we saw this with CC Sabathia. He dropped all that yeah. weight. He dropped the velocity. He ended up putting the weight back on. So, you know, who knows how it's going to go. Can, it's more likely that it's going to happen because the kid's power is just unbelievable. But as a Met fan, I'm holding out hope that Pete Alonso returns to form from two the polar years bear. Ago, and he leads the major leagues in home runs. So you can have the American League, Vladdy. So um, I'm really excited about this. Like we spoke about it in our production meeting. I think it's more likely. I really think he's going to have a better year. Like I know he only had nine home runs last year. And I think he had something like 16 year before, but he dropped 32 pounds. He got into shape. And I think he's going to bust it out this year. I think he's going to like be like an MVP candidate. I think he's going to wind up coming. His, his father, his father was a, was a, was a, was a crusher of 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 the baseball and i i find it hard to believe that he's not going to follow in his old man's footsteps so i am going to go more likely i'm not just saying the american league i'm saying both leagues he crushes it oh there's a bold prediction Uh, there you go um well is he that's here's my thing they're playing in <laughs> Who Buffalo knows? again. Right? They could be the, the, Tampa, the Tampa Bay Jays. <laughs> if they're playing in the... There you go. If they're playing in Toronto, that plays to his advantage because the ball flies out of the Rogers Center. Buffalo, like it might be a little bit more difficult, which is probably why he only hit nine home runs last year, that and COVID. But, you know, it, it's he's definitely got a shot. You know, he, he's one of the more prolific home run hitters. And he is a treat to watch. He is just the spitting image of his old man, man. Like, Vladdy Guerrero was one of the best swung out a bitch out. I've ever seen. <laughs> and, you know, he, swung at a pitch. he hit a ball that bounced in front of home plate. And he got a single. Like, Vladimir Guerrero is no joke, man. So, the apple has not fallen far from the tree. And I don't see why not. I mean... Who could possibly challenge that doesn't helping John Carlos Stanton? That doesn't maybe. exist. Um, Mike Trout. <laughs> that doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Right. It's an oxymoron. I know. Nah, yeah. uh, healthy Aaron Judge, same thing, you know. Uh, and we're going to get into our MLB previews starting next week. But, I mean, Mike Trout is probably the only guy who's going to give him a legitimate run for his money, in my opinion. Like, yeah, who, I mean, it's like we talked about. I just possibly challenge him? I think Aaron Judge is going to have a – I'm not wishing bad on anybody, but I think he's going to have a – a bad year this year bad in the sense that i think he's gonna be hurt uh he's just a really big guy and there's a reason why six seven 280 pound guys don't play baseball you know uh so i think he's gonna have a tough year and you know to me i mean he to me i'm really all in on on vlad i really i don't know if there's another guy out there that has this much going for him. He's young. He's going to be playing for uh, a team that's probably going to be down a lot. So he's going to have a chance to be uh, to have a really great season. Well, I mean, he's definitely got a shot, and he is one of the more prolific home run hitters. So I mean, you always like, you always have to you always have to think anybody, Trout man. is going to be he's in the running. Got that uh, shot. And you gotta you, yeah, you gotta assume that point, I mean we're gonna know? get into it's our preview like... section segments next week, but you're gonna have to figure that 
Major League Baseball is going to have to do something to get this guy into the playoffs. Like we we got to see we got to see what Mike Trout can do in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it it would be nice if the best player in the league can actually be in the playoffs. That's 100% accurate. But there's one thing I think we can agree on right now without spoiling our predictions and our um our projections, I think we can agree that it's going to take a lot more than 22 <laughs> yeah, home yeah. runs next year to right. lead the major leagues. And that's no offense to Luke Voigt. That is no event, offense to Luke Voigt whatsoever. But like over a full course of the season, well, we're talking like dead ball era. Like we're talking before the dead ball era. Like it's <laughs> no, no, 22 no, no. is not But you also, get it done you think year. like guys like Ronald so, Acuna is going to no. have a good year. George Springer, new place. He should have a decent year. Nolan Arenado has a lot to prove. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's. <laughs> the team George is good. Springer's in that lineup with Gladys. Like but that yeah, we, I mean, fucking... we have a lot of our listeners that really love football, but, you know, how could she not get romantic about baseball? Well, thanks for. It is t- the greatest game on earth, man. What is perfection? Man it was perfection. Before Rob Manfred. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast every Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or other uh, outlets where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.